Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Holy Conversations, the podcast of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. I am Bob Kaler. I'm here with my co-host, Stephanie Greenwald, who is in apparently sunny Oklahoma City. Is it a thousand degrees there yet, Stephanie? <laughs> you know, it's not quite a thousand degrees here yet, but we do prepare for that pretty soon. It's actually been pretty mild for Oklahoma City. We have been loving some beautiful weather. How is it there in Colorado? You know, we're we're uh, we're finally into what I think is our summer pattern, and. Um, the grass is green, which it'll be for about 20 minutes until the dry <laughs> summer hits and, and we'll be off to the races. But uh, people are getting out and about uh, in these days. And uh, we were at the trailhead. One of the advantages of being online at this point still uh, with the COVID-19 thing is that we were able to get out and hike on Sunday mornings. We were out at about seven o'clock yesterday morning on our favorite trail, oh, wow. uh, which is always a great thing to do here in Colorado. And, um, and it was very easy to keep social distancing because nobody was up at that hour. So really good. <laughs> That's probably true on a Sunday morning. What yeah, a beautiful place to do that. It really is. We, we enjoy it very much. And, and I hope wherever you are, if you're listening, that you're getting out and uh, enjoying some, some fresh air after a time of, of being uh, under house arrest. I always think of Paul when I think of that, you know, being kind of <laughs> under house arrest during this time. Uh, what it must have been like for him. But we've got a special opportunity today to chat with a couple of marvelous pastors. And Stephanie, you're going to introduce them, but we're going to talk today about how we prepare for what's next. And this seems like an unusual conversation to be having right now because we're so focused on COVID-19. And as we record this, so focused on all of the, the protests and things that are going on in the country but the news cycle changes so quickly, and uh, we want to pay attention to those things. Certainly, as pastors, those are always in the forefront of our mind. But kind of in the background for us all the time is this fact that General Conference has been delayed until 2021, and we've got that kind of stuff to take care of as well. So we've got two special guests today to talk about that. Stephanie, why don't you introduce them for us? Yes, I would love to introduce them. So, you know, it is interesting that right now we are really learning in our country and in our world what it means to be flexible, to go through change, to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. And these two ladies are just wonderful, spirit-led Christian women. We've got Jan Davis with us. She's the senior pastor at Central United Methodist Church in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And Jan, we're so excited to have you with us today. How are you? Doing great here in Northwest Arkansas. It's beautiful here as well. And I'm honored Good. to be part of this. Well, and we're excited. And I discovered that Jan and I, even though she's in Arkansas and I'm in Colorado, we, we both grew up about 12 miles from each other in Western Pennsylvania. And um, I hope she's still a Steeler fan because if not, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> Always a Steeler fan. There you, go. there you go. I am convinced that great people come out of Western Pennsylvania. And Bob, you seem to be connected to all of them. So that is really exciting. It, so it's we, a great place to be from. For yes, sure. exactly <laughs> right. So we also have Carolyn Moore here with us. And she is the pastor of Mosaic Church in Evans, Georgia. So a little bit further uh, south from where you all grew up. But uh, Carolyn, we're so glad to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're just really, really glad to have you. And we're excited for you all to give us perspective. You know, you serve in uh, 
different parts of the country. You serve different styles of churches. And we're just excited to have each of your perspectives on the changes that are happening, where we're going into the future, where the Holy Spirit is leading us. So uh, Jan, I'll start with you on this question, but then Carolyn, I'd love to have you answer as well. Um, Jan, tell us about a little more about where you're serving, what your church is like there in Arkansas, and uh, how you and your churches are doing in these just challenging times. Yes, I serve in Fayetteville, Arkansas, which is uh, where the University of Arkansas is. It's a 187-year-old downtown church, central, like a first church, uh, but it is thriving and continuing to grow, and we have two satellite campuses one in a different socioeconomic area and one on the University of Arkansas. So we see those as our mission field. And uh, it's a large church. Uh, we've got lots of different worship venues, contemporary and traditional. And uh, it's a very spirit-filled, Holy Spirit-filled church, I'll say. Oh, I just love hearing that. And it's so fun to hear about these churches in downtown areas that thrive, but also that reach out beyond their own borders and their walls to go to other places in the cities and to have satellite campuses. That's exciting. So Carolyn, would you tell us a little more about uh, Mosaic Church and how your church is doing in these times? Mosaic Church is in Evans, Georgia, which is a veteran community of Augusta, Georgia, home of the Masters. Mm -hmm. uh, so we are we are in the birthplace of the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm -hmm. That's where we are situated, and we have a our church is a warehouse church. We we literally live inside a warehouse, and um, it was the church was the congregation was started by me about 17 years ago. Um, we were doing missional community before missional community was cool, and we were mm -hmm. doing it uh, kind of by accident. I really meant to have. You know, I've, I've kind of my quip along the way is I'm meant to be Andy Stanley, but somehow I missed that boat. And but but what we have been given in terms of just passion and call is a real heart to catch those who fall through the cracks of more traditional congregations. Yeah. So we have a lot of folks who have been or are in recovery, folks who simply wouldn't feel comfortable walking into a more traditional congregation or, or, you know, in our part of the country, kind of a more like everybody knows the rules and knows the language kind of place. Um, uh, folks who have uh, come out of jail or who have come out of rehab or who have come out of a marriage um, or who are trying to find their way out of uh, one economic level to get to another one. Those are the kinds of people that make up a, a good bit of our congregation, not everybody, but a good bit. And um, and then we also have, as part of our church, a separate nonprofit called the Mosaic Center that serves uh, an apartment complex downtown for low and no income adults with disabilities. We also serve five days a week. We serve children with disabilities here on our campus. Uh, we also serve uh, uh, adults who need help with adult education programs like GED and literacy. Here on our campus, they'll be back in two weeks. I'm really excited. My children are already back. I'm really excited. <laughs> uh, we're back in the building at, at, our, at our place downtown. I'm really, really excited. Um, we serve women who are ready to move forward with their lives as well in a mentoring program. So uh, pretty well developed in terms of our, um, in terms of our local missions, but that also extends regionally and internationally. Wow, that's fantastic to hear about that. Thanks for sharing. 
We've got so much going on in, in on a normal basis. I mean, I know both of you, just like just like Stephanie and I with churches, have a thousand things going on on a normal basis. And then we had the pandemic hit, and then we have had um, uh, all the unrest in the country over racial division and and um, and all of those kinds of injustice issues that that seem to pop up all the time. We're kind of in this in this tipping point, I think, as a country. And on top of that, <laughs> we have a denominational crisis that has been extended as well. And and now we have heard that General Conference will be uh, late August 2021. And that stuff is still sort of in the background. So uh, a lot of people are talking about what are pastors doing for the pandemic? What are they doing in the midst of this? I know I changed my message a little bit for Sunday because of all the stuff that was going on. That's really been sort of dominating everything. But we know that in the background, there's still this coming opportunity for perhaps a new Methodism to be birthed. Um, there's, there's still the situations that we deal with in our annual conferences. So we want to kind of jump ahead of the news cycle a little bit, I think, and look ahead at that. Um, how are you both responding to that personally? How are you responding to the, the delay in general conference? How are you dealing with that with your congregations? How are people responding to that? Are they thinking about it at all? Uh, or is this something that is still on the back burner for now? Tell us about where you fit. Caroline, I'm going to start with you. Let me just start by saying that you've hit, so, you've, you've basically been overhearing my this morning conversations with half a dozen people because there, for any pastor, there's a lot on the plate. Uh, some of us, like in Georgia, we are reopening churches right now. And so we're trying to reopen a church at the same time that there is uh, uh, national unrest and we want to be sure we are um, addressing that at the same time there's still a pandemic and we're reopening with all kinds of weirdness around you know that whatever the reopen looks like and then there's annual conference and general conference stuff on top of that so it's a lot for a pastor and um, I don't I just want to say to any pastors that are listening if it feels overwhelming then you're normal because there's just no way to absorb all that and do it well so the conversations I've had just with folks this morning are you've got to let me take this one thing at a time because we can't do it all and do it well. When General Conference was first postponed, uh, that happened right at the beginning when the pandemic unrolled, when we were all learning how to do church online and without congregations in the house. And I remember that as being just a, a real, like a, like a, like a, a two punch, you know, it was just, just about the time I felt like I could absorb one thing, here came the next thing. And it was, it was painful for me. It was really painful. I had really, really big hopes that we could have this situation, this conversation, we could change gears a little bit at the end of May. I grieved May 5th to 15th. I grieved all 10 days. I just... We should have been there, you know, and my, my boarding pass popped up on my phone and I was, even though the ticket had been canceled, they, you know, sometimes the boarding pass still should, I, I grieved. I wanted to just go find a plane that would take that pass, get on the plane and go. It just, it was, that's hard. That's really hard. 
Um, so it does mean that I, uh, for, for me personally, as somebody who belongs to the WCA, who is active in the WCA, in a conference that um, is, is rather divided, it's, it's like having to live in the house with the spouse after you've decided on a divorce for another year and a half. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really uncomfortable. And I, I can feel that. It's just going to be really uncomfortable. I feel, too, in the, in the conference, just um, a lot of PR around, you know, hoping maybe we'll just in, appreciate how this togetherness and appreciate the support of the conference. And, of course, I really do. But I sure don't want to see anything derail uh, what we have worked for for so long and truly believe is a move of God. I, I would hate to see anybody's emotional sort of comforts um, cause them to step back from something we've worked hard for for a long time. How does this the bottom line? I would people? say it, it hurts, but stay the course. That would be my bottom line. And oh, okay. How it affects Great. my people. Yeah. Um, um, it's, you know, for the most part, they, they haven't really been cued into it because we haven't met in person where we could kind of share all that stuff. Um, my, and, and I can tell even with my, my leadership, even though it has been expressed a couple of times at just the last leadership team meeting, I could feel people finally absorbing it. They, they had never, ah, uh, they had never absorbed it before um before they didn't have the bandwidth for that so i think i think that's a i think i think that um it will unroll on us over time (laughs) Mm. jan same question how how are you dealing with this and how are your people dealing with it yeah i echo a lot of what carolyn says i mean it it has been exhausting since march um and i think for spiritual leaders trying to be the non-anxious presence right. in all of this turmoil with COVID, with the race, racism and, and difficulties in the country, trying to, to be hopeful and have encouragement, words of comfort. People are looking for a word from God. I mean, they are seeking where God is in all of this. And that can be spiritually very draining. So when um, I came back, Carolyn and I were both part of the group that met in Atlanta the 30 people that I worked on the new denomination. And we came back, I I returned from that trip on such a high, so excited about this new denomination and that I got to be a part of it. And I've waited for that my entire ministry career. It just was such a joy and so much hope. And then the next week to have um, COVID-19 hit and knowing how, it just was such a shock and I, I spent literally like a day, just like I couldn't even talk. I just was so disappointed and so grief stricken. But I think we, you know, as leaders, we quickly realized look, we have to focus on the current crisis. We need to respond. We need to take care of our church. We need to be shepherds in this. Yeah. And I'm trying to see this time of waiting as, as a gift and that maybe God's going to do something in this that will will bless and even better prepare the new denomination to thrive uh, when its time is here. Yeah. As far as my, my church, 
personally, I mean, we are not 100% like-minded. Um, we, you know, have those that are on both sides and everybody's disappointed. Um, it's those that were anxious and excited to have the ability to perform same-sex weddings or have ordinations are, are disappointed. They, they're angry, they have to wait. But those that um, were longing for a, to be part of a new denomination that upholds the creeds, that adheres to high Christology, that promotes the Lordship of Christ and the primacy of scripture are deeply disappointed uh, to have to be in this time of, of waiting and coexistence and worrying. So um, I, I think during this time of, of waiting, we have to look for what God's doing and, and just really lean on, on, on the Lord and extend grace to one another, uh, listen, um, reinforce continually. Our plan is to reinforce our doctrine, our, our theology and the importance of that. And, um, and also I, I find it a great opportunity to connect with other Orthodox Wesleyans across the US. Even last night, as I was watching the WCA uh, Pentecost prayer uh, events, and I could see on the side, so many people I knew from different parts of the U.S. that, you know, I never hadn't connected with for a long time. I didn't know they were part of WCA. And um, I, I think there's opportunity for us to, to really connect and grow this movement to a larger, uh, more vibrant place. Mm -hmm. That's such a good word, Jan. Thank you so much for that. And, you know, as as I think about both of your congregations, they are so fortunate to have you both uh, in leadership and, and you've been in such leadership in the WCA to help us as we move forward. But I'm curious to know, uh, because I'm sure also those who are pastors listening to this podcast also would like to know, what are the ways that you each have been intentional about informing your congregations of the next steps? You know, as people ask questions, are, uh, are you having meetings that are congregation-wide meetings? Are you more intentional about one-on-one -on -one conversations? I know a lot of pastors are looking for strategies, especially now that we have this extension given to us and we want to make the most of that as an opportunity. So um, Carolyn, I'm going to throw that question out to you. Tell us what you're doing with your congregation to keep them informed. Um, well, I'll, I'll have to say that I'm in a little bit of a unique situation and that I am the founding pastor of Mosaic Church. So where in most places, the, the layperson can say of the pastor, I was here before you got here and I'll be here when you leave. <laughs> I can actually say that to my people. I was here before you got here. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I hope, I hope that, <laughs> that you will still be here when I leave. But, um, but uh you know, they anybody who's become part of Mosaic has been pretty aware. We've had a pretty intentional system for helping people understand where we are theologically. Uh, theologically, and so that's been um, that's made it a little bit different for us than for a congregation where you know it's kind of been subjected to the usual rotation of pastors and some more progressive, some less so. So. Um, in that way, my job has been um, easier. But uh, I live in the world like everybody else. And um, so when we began to talk about, and, and I also will say this, that I've been part of the WCA since its, its inception. So I've been talking about this with my congregation now for five years. Mm -hmm. um, from, the, from the time that I was first invited into these conversations 
I was talking to my leadership council and then with my congregation as a whole. Yeah. So the, the hard work was done on the early end for us. It was, um, we may have lost one or two families early on who mostly, not because they had a difference of opinion theologically, but because they realized they just didn't want to be part of that. Yeah. They, they weren't denominationally rooted and they didn't want to be part of it. So those would be the ones that we lost and it was just a family or two. Um, and since kind of the last two years or so when we've, these conversations have heated up, we have had pre pretty regular town hall meetings once or twice a year. Um, we've, I've sent out uh, communication once or twice a year. There have been a couple of Sunday mornings when I have shared, you know, you will see things in the news Here's what it means. If you have a question, let me know. Um, the best thing I've done was last fall. And it wasn't actually primarily for the purpose of finding out where people are uh, in, in, in sort of their understanding of our church's future, but it became very much the conversation. Um, I started in August. It took me all the way till December but I met with every single family in my church, every single, uh, in, uh, if they were married and I could meet with them together, great. If not, I would meet with them separately. I met with every single person. I met with everyone in my church. Mm -hmm. And I had multiple questions for them. And one of them was, tell me what your questions are, where the mm -hmm. UMC is concerned, and tell me where you sit right now. Tell me how I can help you. Mm -hmm. And so I can say today, I've had those personal conversations with everybody and I've been able to clear up questions with folks who had them. And um, so we entered this year ready. <laughs> we entered ready. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so, uh, so we'll wait. Um, yeah. But we were ready. And that's so wonderful. It really is important to have that intentionality. So it's so great for our listeners to hear what you're doing. Jan, I'd be very curious to hear the same from you. What are you doing at Central to help get the word out to your folks? Yeah, this, this is a really good comparison because our churches are very different. And um, we are a 4,600 member congregation. We run about 1,900 in worship. So for me, my communication platform is, is much different. I mean, I've got to communicate to the large to the masses. Um, and I'll be very honest, uh, we, we've only been communicating about COVID-19. Uh, we felt like that's the priority up to this point. Now we were doing a lot before the pandemic hit to prepare people, but we put all of that on hold. We felt pastorally we needed to focus on the crisis that was, was in our midst. Um, we are a, a divided congregation. I mean, I, I, I think we're the majority traditional, but I really don't know I, until we would have a vote. I'm not sure how many people are in the middle. I have one group that's progressive, that's organized and meeting. And um, they've been very disappointed in me as their pastor. They've been very vocal about that with me and the DS and the Bishop. I also, uh, then we had another group that started meeting that's traditional and <laughs> they've been organized and, so it's, it's been a very divided season. So since General Conference was uh, postponed, mostly we just communicated that fact. You know, we, it, it's gonna be delayed now. It may be, you know, after 
general conference meets, likely the Arkansas Annual Conference will not meet until mid-2022. And we will wait till they meet because we want to see what Arkansas, how Arkansas votes. And so for our congregation, that's two years of waiting. Um, that's a long time because we were very hyped up on kind of breaching a precipice of what could occur. Mm -hmm. I've leaned heavily on my lay leaders in this situation because um, I want my leadership to see that, you know, that I'm not leading this effort. So my lay leader, my church council chair, um, and uh, they've really taken a lot of ownership to lead the congregation through conversations and dialogue, and they've done an excellent job. Um, also, my executive pastor, Steve Pulliam, and I, what we really are focusing on, we write a blog every week called The Pastor's Corner, and we really focus on theology and making sure we're providing good teaching and doctrine and supporting why we believe what we believe and why it is so important for, the, for a denomination to uphold uh, biblical standards and good doctrine. So I think that's probably where we are right now. And I mean, I, my conservatives that were very upset, um, um, you know, as soon as I reminded them, you know, we still are in a traditional denomination and we are still under how General Conference voted in 2019. So that eased their fears, their, you know, anger and kind of peace things. But it's made my progressive group even more angry and upset because they want change now and they're really struggling. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like tiptoeing through a minefield in, in many ways. You know, you're, you're really trying to, to make sure everybody's voice is heard. Of course, you have your own opinion. We've dealt with the same thing here. Of course, we're kind of in a reverse situation. We've got a very progressive annual conference. We're a more traditional congregation, but we're not homogenous either. And so how do you have those conversations? We actually formed a task force of laity to help guide the conversation. And we were having town halls monthly leading up. I did a six week series on sexuality. You know, we did all that prep work and then suddenly it's, it's sort of like, I'll stop. And now you have to think about at what point do I restart this? And when do we start having these conversations again when people's attention is elsewhere? I mean, we're thinking about it, I think as clergy, but for most of our people, it kind of goes out the door at this point for them until it becomes right. close. So, so as you're thinking about that, and I'm thinking about all the other pastors who are out there listening, and I've talked to many who are doing things like you've all mentioned, but there are others who are not doing much of anything and are wondering, how do I navigate this? And at what point do I do so? What kind of advice would you give to them? Carolyn, how about you? What would you, what would you say? Um, well, you know, I, I think there are several things that, uh, there are some creative things people can do that may not be, um, that, that, that can indirectly allow people to um, be exposed to um, the, the WCA and the opportunity for a new, uh, for a new expression. Um, one of the things I'm thinking about is the International um, Intercessory Prayer Network. That's something that anybody can join and you can begin praying intentionally with people from your region about what's ahead and um, 
I'm, prayer too often is viewed like the cop-out thing, the cop-out answer, but I happen to believe in it. I happen to believe that prayer got us here and prayer will see us through. And um, I have been amazed. I've been in multiple meetings where intercessors surrounded the meeting and we just saw miracles happen. And so I just have such a strong faith in, in God's desire and ability to hear and answer prayer. And so I, I would encourage you to be involved in the prayer network and to get your, uh, to, to uh, really include your conversation, uh, your congregation in those, uh, that information. Another thing that um, I'm just beginning to work on. So Jan, you need to wait for your phone call on this one. Um, we're in this online worship season right now, and um, where you might not, say Jan, may not have been able to take off a Sunday to go uh, preach at somebody else's church, guess what, folks? Jan could probably preach at your church while you're online. <laughs> she could send you something, and, um, and then you could have a conservative an orthodox thinking female preacher uh, showing your congregation, dis displaying before your congregation just the incredible richness of, of this new thing that we're trying to do. So one of the things that some of us are talking about doing is pulling together a YouTube page with some, with multiple female pastors so that we can, um, so that we can become a, more available yeah, isn't that a great idea, Jane? <laughs> I can see the thumb up. Y'all can't, but I can see the thumb up. Yeah. <laughs> so that we can uh, really make the most of this online season and maybe spell some of our other colleagues for, us, for a Sunday. Um, and uh, so, so that's a way that you can be, be, be active in the, in the students. Call up somebody who, um, who's a, who's a great voice in our movement and ask if they'd be willing to record a message for your upcoming Sunday and let them be part, let them, let their voice speak into your congregation and let them kind of use, use your colleagues to expand the voice of the WCA inside your congregation. That's such a cool idea. I love that. And and, it, and that opportunity to, to hear lots of different voices, which we normally don't get to do because the logistics are difficult to be able to do that. So what a tremendous opportunity. Uh, Jan, what kind of things would you recommend? Yeah, um, before I answer that, I want to just comment on what Carolyn said about prayer, because when we were in Atlanta, we had it kind of reached a, a standstill and Carolyn Moore prayed and we made a breakthrough. I'll never forget it. It was the most beautiful Holy Spirit filled moment. And that really was brought everybody to the table after that. So prayer does work. God is in this. Yeah, you, haven't, you haven't lived until you've had Carolyn Moore lay her hands on you and pray over you. It happened <laughs> to me at New Room Conference last year, and it was a game changer. So whenever people say, you know, talk about prayer, I'm like, that's the person I'm going to send you to talk to and <laughs> with. So we're grateful for that, mm -hmm. Carolyn, very much. Sorry, Jenna, didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just wanted to add that. Um, I'd say, uh, you know, we really want to try to connect people to uh, the WCA and Arkansas WCA is really well organized and they've had lots of events and online, Facebook and so forth. And also to, um, to other resources like Seedbed and Good News and our other uh, advocacy groups. So we really try to get people connected so they start getting that information, getting the emails, also the IRD, 
and confessing movement. So all of our advocacy groups, I think, are really important. And um, we had Tom Lambrecht come speak, was really well attended and brought people that never heard that story. Uh, Keith Boyette was scheduled to come speak April 6th, and we had to cancel Keith, but we're hoping to get him back. And that not only brought our church folks, exposed them to um, WCA and to the future of Methodism, but it brought other churches in too, because that's a really great keynote speakers. Um, but I, I'm hoping that we can do more of that online. I, I thought the event last night was really exciting to see that across the nation. We should leverage what we can do online. These podcasts are a great idea. We just need to get more and more people connected to this message and this story. And it will it'll be viral, even more than the coronavirus. It'll just be <laughs> contagious across the world. <laughs> virus the virus. <laughs> That's right. Oh, it's so good, friends. Well, and we just want to say a special word of thanks to both of you for taking the time. We know this is a difficult time. We know that uh, you are being pulled on in multiple directions, but for you to take the time to speak to our listeners, to offer these words of encouragement so that we know that we've got great people working for us, with us uh, in this movement, and these you, you two are just both such an inspiration and we are grateful to both of you. And Jan, would you have any other parting words for us today? Lean heavily on the Lord. As shepherds, we need to lean on the, the, the great shepherd. Jesus is guiding us through. Yes, oh, so true. And what about you, Carolyn? Any parting words? Yeah, wait on the Lord. Wait on him and pray for me. Believe, believe that God is doing a new thing and that God, you know, it may not be our time, but God lives outside of that. Mm -hmm. And he can still make such an, so there are so many incredible opportunities right now for us to, to be the church for a lost world. I mean, whoever would have thought that the church would be at the center of a viral outbreak. And yet the church, the voice of the church mattered to people, whether we were meeting or not. And the voice of the church matters now in the midst of, this national unrest we're in, and the voice of the church matters uh, in, in the issues that brought us to these tables in, in the first place. So be the church and be confident, be bold about it, be loving about it, and be, be patient about it. Wait on the Lord. He's, he is doing anything. I absolutely believe it. Yes. Amen to that. I completely agree. 100%. Well, we are just both so thankful for you and friends. Thanks for listening today. We are just uh, praying God's blessings over you as you listen, as you pray about the future. If you have questions or comments that you would like to send to us, Bob and I would love to listen to those. You can send those to podcast at wesleyancovenant.org. We'd love to hear from you. And as you are listening, if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we're now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. So anywhere you get your podcasts, you can download. We hope that you will uh, leave us a review that helps to drive more traffic to us. And also want to tell you that um, as, as both Jan and Carolyn mentioned, uh, to connect with some others around, now that you've got some time to think about and, and watch other services, we just launched on the WCA website uh, a uh, sort of a map that tells you where different WCA churches and pastors are and how you can jump onto their live stream. 
So we encourage you to, to check that out at wesleyancovenant.org. That's also the place if you want to join the WCA or learn more about us, uh, just simply go to that website. Again, it's wesleyancovenant.org. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time here on Holy Conversations, the podcast of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. See you then. Thank you.